0: You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans.
1: You just got to go out and and express yourself. You just got
2: to get the job done. I'm here to to get the job done. I got
3: y'all.
1: to Mane, 25 yards out, lovely ball for Pella, onside, 1-0! The fast shot! Oh my word!
2: Unbelievable,
3: he ran around the pitch, like Bambi on ice, be very, very embarrassing to watch. And now,
0: and now your, host, your host,
3: Matt Markstone.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson, I'm the host of the show, and no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. Southampton Football Club are coming off a defeat to Chelsea at Wembley in the FA Cup semifinal, their second defeat to the Blues in the span of eight days. Uh, And although both were defeats, uh, they were two very, very different games. In Southampton, uh, at St. Mary's, uh, the Saints dominated for a period of 70 or 80 minutes uh, and within a 10-minute spell, uh, completely lost control of the game and allowed Chelsea back into it. Uh, At the FA Cup semifinal, however, uh, Chelsea took the game to Saints for the majority of both halves, although Saints did mount a bit uh, of pressure late on in the match. And it was, again, um, a semi-disappointing performance uh, for Southampton, who failed to kind of show up when it really mattered. And uh, what I wanted to do this week is talk with a number of people, um, some who were in the stadium at Wembley, some who were not, some who were watching on TV. Uh, to get a couple of kind of different perspectives on the match and and kind of gauge how people are feeling moving forward. Uh, as you know, now we only have four games left. We only have four games to basically save the season. So it's coming to an end quickly. And if we're going to have Premier League football, we're going to have to mount some sort of, of run that we haven't quite had this year just yet. So uh, this week, I'm going to talk with Ben Chiswick, who uh, is formerly from the UK, now lives in the States. And he made the trip from the States Uh, over to uh, Wembley, over to London, to meet up with some old friends and attend the FA Cup semifinal. And so I talked with him both, uh, the first part of the interview is before he left for his trip. uh, And and we will end the podcast with him as well, talking about uh, just basically after he got home, after traveling um, all day. So we'll talk with Ben. Um, He is on Instagram at Ben Chiswick. And the link, of course, is in the show notes. We'll also talk with Jamie Grant. He runs The Saints Report. Uh, Alf Montag, who is a friend of mine, and then Jem, who is at SFC Jem. Uh, all of those links, once again, are in the show notes. And Jem runs a YouTube channel. Alf is a friend of mine. Uh, and so we'll talk with everybody about kind of their perspectives on the match, uh, what they think going forward, uh, all that stuff as we head towards the match with Bournemouth. Uh, but this trip or this episode, I should say is mostly about the FA cup semifinals. So, uh, that's what we will focus on for the most part. And you will not hear from me in between each and every episode. So you're going to get the intro. Now I'll come back at the very end. I hope that's okay. If you want more of my voice, um, which I'm pretty sure you don't, but uh, you'll hear it in all the interviews because of course I am talking to um, everyone there so uh, you will you will figure out kind of how I feel about it and uh, how I feel about the match, how I feel about uh, Charlie Austin's disallowed goal, how I feel about kind of all of it and in my mind changes from the time that I first saw it uh, to the time that I that I saw it you know I've seen replays now and I've heard other people talk about it and and you'll hear all that and I have to tell you that I am going through some sort of kind of a, a, a weird feeling about the rest of the season, as I'm sitting here talking to you now, I feel strangely optimistic and it's not based on anything that I, that I've seen, uh, from the team. I didn't really see a whole lot of fight. I didn't really see the mentality that's going to keep us in the premier league, but somehow sitting here, knowing that we play Bournemouth next week, I somehow feel like we're going to do it. And, um, just last week after we lost to Chelsea at St. Mary's in that in the kind of horrific manner that we did, I thought for sure that was it. I thought we were broken. I thought we were going down. I I thought that there was nothing that was going to, um, uh, to help us. And then of course we go away to Leicester. We take a point away. Uh, I wasn't encouraged by that that we lose to Chelsea in the FA cup semifinal, uh, really not a whole lot to build on there. And yet still I'm sitting here thinking maybe we have a chance and I don't know. I don't know what that is. I maybe, maybe this is my first real relegation battle. Maybe this kind of swing in emotions is, is what this is all about. And if so, um, well, I'm not sure I like it, but I'm going to stick with it anyway. Cause, uh, Cause I do like it. I think, I think I'm, I think I just like supporting the team. And so, uh, You know, I hope that we stay up. Uh, But you know, enough of that. Let's get to the interviews. Uh, I am definitely rambling at this point. Uh, I've had way too much coffee. It is way too late, so let's do it now. So, uh, once again, you won't hear me between each and every interview. We'll kind of roll through them uh, in in kind of chronological order. So Ben first, Alf second, then Jamie, then Jim, then back to Ben to wrap it up. Um, And Ben traveled, you know, thousands of miles to do this. uh, Spent something like I don't know. 14 or 15 hours on an airplane um so cheers to ben and his fiance fiance really for doing this because ben's from the uk his fiance is not that's uh that's enough said that she she tagged along and enjoyed it so anyway uh let's get started now and i will talk to you after all the interviews are over i hope you enjoy it and thanks for listening We'd like to welcome to the podcast, Ben Chiswick. Ben is, is formerly uh, from the UK, currently lives um, in the US. He's on Instagram at Ben Chiswick. And uh, the link to that, of course, is in the show notes. And And we're here kind of early in the week to, to kind of talk to him a little bit before he uh, has a bit of a, a trip ahead of him so so Ben welcome to the to the podcast and thanks for taking the time to chat with me
1: yeah, thank you very much and thanks very much for having me
0: what, yeah why don't you go ahead and tell us just a little bit about about uh, you and and where you're from originally and, and kind of what brought you to the states
1: yeah absolutely so um, I'm originally uh Farnborough, born and bred, which will mean the reasonable amount, actually, to most people from Southampton. So it's about halfway up the M3 from Southampton to London. So not too far. Um, my my association with St uh, goes back to about the 97, 98 season. Um, and my my best buddy, who grew up just up the street from me, uh, he was one of about uh, five six it was. And um, his dad grew up in Southampton, and when he had all his kids, he basically got um, a whole range of season tickets uh, in the family section of the Dell. And inevitably, one of them um, couldn't go each week, so I was the guy that, that stood in. So he would take me, so I went to... Probably 15 funny games a season. Um, witnessed some of the the great relegation escapes, so I can um, I can take some fond memories from those years to comfort me now. Uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the start of my, um, my life with Saints really. Um, I went for a few years without going to too many games. So I went off to, um, to college and uni in the UK. Uh, and then really, um, came back, uh, as a, as a, I guess a, a full-time fan, if you like, um, in the first Cooman season. Um, so I got, got my own season ticket then, uh, in the northern end. and have really been there, been there ever since up until, um, about October last year. So I've now over to, uh, to the States, uh, to Michigan. Um, what brought me over here was a combination of work, uh, I'm an engineer and it's, it's Motor City, um, and then my fiance as well, who's American. Okay. And fortunately, very understanding of my obsession with things.
0: That's good. That's that's, that's a necessary part of a relationship. So, <laughs> uh, and and hopefully, you know, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully, you're enjoying it and welcome to the, uh, the country, even though, I mean, you're still you're still many, many hours from, uh, being anywhere near me. So, um, how was, how was the winter? How was the winter? Did you survive it? Okay.
1: Uh, it was bitter, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm having to get used to snow and still snow even today um, as we stand here in the middle of April. Um, but it was okay. It was okay. I mean, the, the thing that's comforted me all the way through that to a certain degree is the fact that I can watch Saints live um, every Premier League game, which is still a huge novelty to me. So I, I opted not to pay through the nose for Sky when I was in the UK right um or bt so that's been quite comforting the ability to spend the entire day watching um premier league is uh is, is great
0: you are getting ready to to embark on a bit of a journey uh you're going back over to london for the the semi-final so um i, I guess you know based on last week and everything else like i mean how do you feel about just going back over there first of all and then for the the semi-final and then also um you know how are you feeling about the game itself
1: sure yeah, it's it, I mean, it's a serious mixture. Uh, you know, I, I can't wait to go back and, and watch them uh, in the flesh again. I'd promised my mates when I left that, you know, if Saints ever got to Wembley again, I'd come back, and lo and behold, they've done it in the first season since I left. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to get back. I've got really fond memories of, of last season at the League Cup final, um, which, you know, I, I would probably have uh, cherished even more at the time if I knew how potentially hard this season was going to be. Right. But, um yeah, I mean the the thing the thing last season when I turned up to Wembley, I, I thought we were in real grave danger of, the, of not even turning up and being played off pitch. Um, that was my kind of going in position. And even though it hurt, definitely, um, the result at the end of the day, you know, I think Saints were the team that walked away from Wembley with their heads held high. We ultimately, we, we outplayed Man United We We're very unlucky to lose. So I'm, I'm trying to channel all of that, um, coming into the weekend. I mean, there's obviously the fact it's, you know, it's an FA Cup tie. It, It is different to the league maybe the players will have a slightly different mindset perhaps because of that and there's you know the, the phrase that people overuse the magic of the cup so um all of that gives me a little bit more hope than I would otherwise have I think Um again it's, it's a mixture when I think back to the weekend I think after 70 minutes when we were 2-0 up part of me was even allowing myself to think ahead to well we've outplayed Chelsea for 70 minutes if we can get even just a point out of this I think what that will do for the players confidence both for for the league and then both selfishly for, for me going to watch them this weekend. you know, they, they would have that belief that they can outplay Chelsea, that they can at least match them, and then you know, on any given day uh, we, we can go up against them and, and beat them. So I'm hopeful still. Um, at least I'll, I'll probably try and lean on the fact that, that it's a great novelty to get back over and to watch things. So I'll enjoy the trip and probably will try not to overthink the game ahead of the game um, and just uh, what will be what will be. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And, and it'll be good, like you said, to, you know, I've only seen them play live once and it was not Mm -hmm. a a great performance, but the, there's the whole experience of of doing it. I I I would do it all over again, no matter, even if I knew the result going in, I'd probably do it. And uh, Mm -hmm. I I know that uh, talking to some people who went to Wembley last year for the EFL cup final and things like that, that 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 atmosphere, that experience, it's all it, it, it's a huge, huge deal. So so to be able to do that is, uh, I think I think is great. And then you just hope that we can, you know, like we said, as, as long as we show up and play, I think that'll be, I think we'll be okay. You know, in terms of uh, the day will be what it is, and and it'll be enjoyable uh, as long as the team kind of shows up and and, and puts some effort in. Um, but like you said, maybe the, uh, with, with, I mean, obviously the game hasn't happened yet and we're going to talk about again afterwards, but, um, you know, maybe it's, it's with no, with, with very little pressure or different kind of pressure on them, uh, from the league, maybe they can go out there and just play and, and give us something to, to cheer about. Even if we, if we do wind up, uh, going down, which, um, I have to wait, we, we'll, we'll know more after we, after we, uh. After the match against Leicester, but um, we'll have to see.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll guess I'll reserve my true feelings until after that game tomorrow. I'll, I'll definitely be. I'll, I'll stream it on my laptop at work more than likely. Um, luckily I have an understand. I have an understanding boss. He appreciates it. He, he's uh, formerly British as well, so he kind of gets it. Um, actually, now I say that he's from Leicestershire, so that'll be interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, but, but you know, I, I think the thing that at least gives me some confidence is that. You know, even if we go down now and whilst it's mathematically not certain, you know, I do still hold out that, that blind faith. Um, I, I do feel like we now at least could if we do if we do go down, we'll go down with as much respect as we can possibly salvage from the situation. I think Hughes has at least instilled some more fight in the players. Um, I think you know players like Rameau, Yoshida. The weekend they showed some of that battle. You yeah, know, those are guys that have come to the club having not had it so easy. You know, Yoshida's been with us for for a long, long time. He's seen lots of ups and downs. Guys like Romeo, you know, he's he's never been highly rated. Although he he was at Barcelona and then at Chelsea, you know, he struggled for playing minutes he had to struggle to get playing minutes under Koeman initially when we mm-hmm. had one Wanyama. So, you know, you've got a little bit of faith. Those guys have got, got some fight, fight for the shirt and will fight for the res- uh, the results. A little bit like Ward-Krauss as well. Um, right. I I, I, think I hold a lot of, um, I, I put a lot of store in what Charlie Austin says. you know, when he was interviewed after the West Ham game, you know, he, he was as frank as he could reasonably be in his situation um, with the fact that, you know, the players have kind of a little bit sleepwalked into this situation, relying on the fact that they are too good to go down. So mm-hmm. I think now now those people are, are saying those things because at least it feels like there's an honesty around the situation. You know, we're not, the players aren't turning up and being naive and uh, kind of in, in a way robbing the fans of a, a good performance. Right. So at least that's no longer the situation.
3: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I wish you safe travels and uh, I'm hoping that you have an, an enjoyable experience over there and I am looking forward to Uh, kind of regardless of the result, talking to you about the the whole experience uh, when you get back.
1: That's great. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you.
0: No, uh, Have a good night and thanks very much.
1: That's great. Thank you.
0: I'd like to welcome him to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, basically on the final whistle of uh, the Saints' disappointing loss to Chelsea in uh, the FA Cup semi-final. Uh, Alf Montog, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Alf Montog. The link is in the show notes. Alf, thank you for for joining me. Uh, no unfortunately, you weren't you weren't at at Wembley today, but no. uh, maybe best not to travel up there. So, welcome to the show. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> looking forward to getting your thoughts on on the match so um let's uh first of all just you live in Southampton or
3: ish around there um I live thirty miles from Southampton so near nearer to Portsmouth, but um my family's all from Southampton, so okay uh I support southampton
0: I'm gonna have to to beep that word a little bit like, you know, it's like <laughs> basically a curse word um but uh it's all right, well, I'm glad you support the right team anyway yeah um and so, uh, you know, I think I think all of us were looking forward to today, uh, just the the chance to to see the team play at Wembley and all this stuff. But, um, you know, going into the match. What were you expecting from the side and from the team and were you expecting to kind of get through to the final or was it more just maybe some hope?
3: Um, it, it was more hope to be honest because um, obviously we're not doing too well in the league but I thought this might have been a distraction at, at the right time, you know, get a bit of momentum. Um, we could have beaten Chelsea today. It, I wouldn't say go into the game saying we can't because it's the semi-final of the FA Cup, you know, it's 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 about the, the result and not the performance. So we could have played badly today and maybe nicked a Goal at the end, but obviously it wasn't to be. So yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't going into the game thinking, "Oh, we're we're definitely not going to win," and I wasn't going into the game thinking, "Oh, we're not going to lose."
0: Because I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel like you know we maybe. I mean, maybe you can say the last couple performances were 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 improved, and maybe we were Mm. building towards something. But then when we played Leicester, you know, it didn't. We didn't really look like we were up for it. And and today, to me, it didn't really look like it either. It looked like we had a bunch of fans there that were ready to see a match. You know, ready to yeah. see the same kind of fight that we saw last year in the EFL Cup final and it just didn't happen.
3: Yeah, no, the fans are, the fans were really good today. I was watching it on the TV with my dad and my brother and we could hear the fans, you know, most of the game. So they were really good today. They did the club really, good, really proud. But um, yeah, we didn't... None of the players... In the last, I'd say after the second goal went in, apart from Austin, maybe I don't think many of the players actually looked like they could they could care anymore. Like Bertrand, certainly they were on the break, um, probably about three minutes from the end, and it was. Bertrand just didn't run back. Like he's the captain of our club. On the, on the game day, he was the captain. And if he's not running back, whether we're two nil down, five nil down, one nil down in in that time of the game, and he's going to cost his team possibly a goal. Like that's not what our club is about. We we're built on every player playing well, and then fans get behind them. But if there's no effort from the players, then what is there for the, the fans to get behind?
0: Yeah, the fans can only do so much until until you you keep kind of getting it thrown in your face. Until at some point you just. Kind kind of go like I can't do this anymore you know yeah and I think that's I think that's a fair assessment and I you know I have been criticized not publicly but privately at least for always defending Bertrand and Tadic and you know I I think Bertrand I I like him but still you can't defend some of some of the the attitude and kind of the nonchalantness when in in big situations when you need the captain Mm -hmm. of your club to to step up you know yeah um but, but kind of going back to to the beginning and to the, uh, I guess, the team selection, Did you have any issues mm-hmm. with, with the lineup that was set out there?
3: Um, my only concern was uh, the midfield. I like the fact that he chose three centre midfields with Romeo, Hoiberg and Lamina, but I just didn't see much attacking threat from any of those three. Um, Lamina is, you know, Hoiberg and Lamina are quite similar players, you know. Sometimes they get forward, but mainly their their job is to break the play up. The same same with Romeo really, but I don't really see much attacking threat from either of those three so I I would have thought that maybe Ward Prowse or even Tadic would have have slotted better into one of those roles I don't know who would have come out but um just a bit more attacking threat there wasn't much in the midfield today there wasn't any link between the strikers and the midfield which has been our problem the whole season to be honest but Tadic hasn't, for me, warranted his place in the team today based on past performances this season because he hasn't, for me, hasn't been the same since uh, Graziano Pella left the club. He's never had that link-up with the striker and he's never had that special relationship like he did with uh, with Pella and that's that's been our, our problem this season, not having any link between the strikers and and the midfielders, and it showed today. Really, no no runs were being made. No one was making any efforts to find a hole and and drive through it. So if you don't do that, you're not going to get anything from the game. Which is why we don't have much. We haven't scored many this season because our attacking threat has, has been non-existent.
0: Yeah, and I I think I noticed the same thing. That was my first concern when I looked at the uh, when I looked at the lineup. Is you know, you definitely are going to be defensively solid. You're probably going to have a foothold in midfield, uh, you would think. But you're really kind of relying on, you know, basically long chasing down a ball and hopefully it falling to Austin in the right place. And that's how you're going to get a goal because there's really nothing else there. Um, yeah. But then even even so, we I, I felt the the first half was pretty, you know, not much to say about it. It, it kind of yeah. just went by. Uh, was, we were lucky in the first maybe 10 or 15 minutes not to, not to concede a goal. Uh, the, I think they hit the bar maybe and, and things like that. Um, And then, you know, the second half starts about as badly as it can possibly start with with uh, Mm -hmm. Giroud kind of making our five man defense look like, uh, you know, a bunch of school
4: children. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, I don't think that was. If that was messy, we'd we'd all say, "Oh, you know, you, you can't stop that." But I actually think that was a really good goal. I can't can't really blame. In my opinion, I don't think that's the defense's fault. That's just world class. You you can't teach that. That like, that's just a really good goal from Giroud.
0: I think a lot of people in the stands were probably still coming back to their seats when when that happened. And I was kind of cleaning up stuff around here, and then I was just like, I had to back it up and watch it. And I was just like, man, you know, that's yeah, it's the worst possible start for us, but. Even after that, I think that that was probably our best spell in the game was was until we basically from the time we conceded the first until the time we conceded the second, we we looked about as good as we looked all all match uh it just it just didn't fall for us
3: no in between that time like you said we we had that austin austin goal that wasn't wasn't given and if you don't get a big decision like that then the team you know they they lack in confidence and they were already lacking in confidence before the game and then they start getting uh putting you know putting good passes together starting linking up a bit better and then you just get a decision like that that doesn't that doesn't go your way and, and it's a bit disheartening for the players especially when you're 1-0 down against a big club at, uh, against like Chelsea at Wembley,
0: you know, you wonder how much of that that confidence issue is going to to play going forward. You know, we only have mm. uh, a few chances left, kind of moving away from the FA Cup now. Um, but but how, I mean, do you think this is going to affect the the team moving forward or do you think that 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 mindset's already there? Do you think Hughes can change whatever he needs or or how do you you feel about that?
3: Well, I think it's all about, for me, mentality, especially at this stage of the season and the position we're in. You've got to be mentally prepared. And I think that's what we lack of our players. We're not mentally prepared. We always, like, when we point to, did we play? We we lost to West Ham the other week. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, we went into that game and we'd already lost because it was such a big, big game. The players weren't mentally prepared for that. They, they thought they'd already lost before, before the game had even started. And I think that's come from, um, when Pellegrino was here and it's not really, it's like a bug that's not got got away from the team since Mark Hughes has come in. and and it's really hard for Mark Hughes because once the team's lacking in confidence and their mentality is, isn't there, then it's, it's pretty impossible to start getting results out of players. But, um, in terms of going forward for the rest of the season um, well we're just relying on other teams now aren't we We need, well City are currently beating uh, Swansea I think it's 2-0 it might be more but we're just relying on other teams now and that for the team they know that they've got to rely on other teams so that in order for us to stay up and if they know that it's not in their hands that's that's not very that's not good for their mentality because they're just not going to go out there and give it their all in my opinion
0: yeah I mean we we lost the ability for it to be completely within our control within our grasp you know now we we continue we've been fortunate uh, up to this point having teams drop points and and keep us around because we haven't you know we haven't uh, I think we have one win in in 20 in the Premier League so you know when you're on that kind of form the, the fact that we're even within touching distance is is a miracle in some Mm. in some regard but uh yeah we're gonna need we're gonna need some help and we're gonna need the the guys are gonna have to go out and win you know probably they probably need eight points out of out of the 12 i think will be about enough and and that might not be and then that might not be enough so that that's that's asking a lot given that we've only won five games all season
3: well we could the swansea game is is huge but we could be relegated before before we even get to that game. So, the, the, is it Bournemouth, Bournemouth at home is our next game, I think? Yep. That, that is a huge game. And hopefully, the players will be pumped up for that. It's not, obviously, Bournemouth aren't our biggest rivals, but in the situation that we're in, they're one of our rivals. It's going to be... The crowd are going to be pumped up. And I'm just hoping that the players will be pumped up too because they need to start pulling their weight because they, we can't afford to get relegated. That It's just the championship it's just not for us is it we how can you go from european football to to how we are now in the relegation zone it's it, it's it just baffles me to be honest and i think it only comes down to one person well obviously it comes down to the players but I think Les Reid's uh, recruitment from the managers has just been poor and it's it's all about him trying to make as much money as possible we buy we get Puel on who's not really known and we got him on the cheap. and then sacking him wasn't the problem in my opinion it was the right decision to sack Puel but the, the bad decision was bringing in Pellegrino who had no Premier League experience and no experience of a top elite level of football maybe you could say you've done all right at his previous club but now we're now we're um, in the relegation fight because of that in my opinion
0: yeah yeah all right well I hope uh, I hope we can pull this out because it's been the the Premier League has been a a good ride and and uh, you know I hope we can continue but we'll we'll see we'll have to just wait and see because that's all we can do at this point yeah all right well uh, will you be at the match next weekend maybe
3: Um. (sighs) If there's any tickets left, possibly. Um, I, I do have um, other commitments on Saturday within within rugby, so I'll see what I can do. But I'll, I want to get there. All right. But um, <laughs> tickets aren't cheap these days now, are they? So, no,
0: no, no, no. Uh, Especially uh, having having come from America and not done the, the proper conversion in my head when I paid for a ticket. I was like, oh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but anyway. All right, Alf. Well, thank you for your time, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right, so I'm joined once again on the Southampton Delivery Podcast by Jamie Grant. You can find him on Twitter at granty underscore SFC. He is the man behind uh, the Saints Report, both on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. So, Jamie, welcome back to the show. Um, unfortunately, uh, not not the best type of uh, situation, not the best performance, uh, and that's what we're here to talk about is the, the FA Cup. So, um, very quickly, if I can just get your thoughts kind of, uh, you know, Starting with the lineup from the very beginning, did you have any? do you have any worries about that, or were you? What, what were you expecting, kind of coming into the match?
2: Um. Well, first of all, I thought the lineup wasn't too bad. I mean, I was really hoping that um, Charlie Austin started, which he did. Um. Yeah. There, I mean, there was, there's not many players I would have. I maybe would have liked to have seen Ward Prowse start, maybe, but generally, I thought the lineup wasn't too bad considering what consider what we had
0: I think looking at the lineup the the game plan was was pretty clear it was kind of sit back control the midfield kind of control uh, prevent them from creating a, a a number of chances or having clear chances and then hopefully hit them on on the counter attack um with with Long and hopefully the ball falls to Austin. Um but it kind of just I mean throughout the first half I think we were maybe a little bit lucky not to concede. Um and then going into kind of the rest of the first half it, it kind of just petered out like there wasn't really anything anything there uh on on behalf of of our of of the Saints going forward. Yeah,
2: that's yeah, that's what that's what and um... For me, when I was looking, especially the first half, I just didn't see anything going up to Long and Austin. There was just nothing there for them, and it was very for a for a little while. I didn't ever think they would actually see the ball in the whole game. It was just as soon as it started to get towards them, Chelsea just cut out, and they were back on the attack again. It was very frustrating to watch, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, it seemed mostly largely one way traffic, um, but. You know, I, I think we saw a different Chelsea team this week uh, than we saw last week. I think Chelsea were up for it, maybe the whole game this time, versus um, maybe not so much uh, being interested in when they were playing us down at uh, at St Mary's. So. Uh, I think that was a, a difficulty for us. And and to be honest, I, I our players just didn't seem as interested or as up for it as you would have expected, um, you know, when they're getting the chance to play in a semifinal and have a chance to go to a final, have a chance to have a rematch with Man United um, at uh, in a cup final. You know, you would have expected uh, a little bit more from them, I think.
2: Yeah, that, well, that's exactly it. I mean, for Chelsea... The, this game for them was massive i mean they're not gonna i mean they, i think they still can mathematically but i don't think they'll make the top four so for them this was their do you know what i mean this was their big competition to concentrate on but for us like like you made the point of we just didn't seem to turn up and that was the the sad thing for me because i looked at this game as okay yes we've still got our relegation battle to deal with but this was a game for us to escape that and i just looked at us today and just thought there was no Now, said we just didn't. If I think I put it on Twitter or said it to somebody, if you can't get out for a semi final, you might as well not be in football because them sort of games are are so rare for Team Pot Southampton and just not just to turn up into the game and not perform. Do you know what I mean? And not look up for it. It's just really sad. I think if in a way it probably sums up the whole season for Southampton anyway. I think.
0: Yeah, I I think a number of times you would have you would have seen us come off of a decent performance or maybe even two decent performances and go into a match that really meant something, whether it would be a, a team we should beat in the league or whether it would be uh, the, the semifinal or something like that. And, and us not be able to carry that forward, us not be able to um, really take advantage or, or show that we had that momentum. And, and, and that, I think that inability to build any kind of momentum or consistency in our performances is really uh, what has us in the situation that we're in. It's, it's been the biggest issue with us um, just in terms of, of mentality and preparation, I think. And that that is frustrating because you know that, that well, at least I think, the players are capable of putting in a performance. Uh, I, I just don't know why after, you know, three different managers, we can't seem to, to figure out how to unlock that and how to, how to get them to do that uh, consistently week in and week out.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's just, I, I say, it just, it just saddens me. I mean, not of this season has been an odd one. I mean, to be in a semi-final and battle with relegation is really weird. I don't know. I mean, Mark Hughes is trying his best here, but he was just given such a tough task with this. I think he's improved us a little bit more than Pellegrino would. But in the sense of, as you said, with the three managers, we just don't seem to have gone any further with it. Yeah, what I
0: mean. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any any big moments? I mean, you, you talk about we talked about the first half a little bit. Not not a whole lot to write home about. Um, we, we get through that. We go into halftime nil nil. And this has been where kind of, you know, Mark Hughes has, has made his biggest adjustments is, is getting guys to come out of the second half or out of halftime into the second half. And really improve. And I think we started the second half about as poorly as we could have, uh, giving up a goal to Giroud um, almost immediately. And I, I think that that threw us off. But I do also think that the uh, the best kind of spell of the game for us was from the time we conceded that first goal to the time we conceded the second goal. I think that was where we had, uh, you know, maybe the, the talking point with Charlie Austin where he gets called for a foul on Caballero. Um, you have uh, I think we hit the post Uh, maybe that was after the second goal but um, you know I think that was when we really kind of had a foothold in the game and then Um, you know, it, it just wasn't, wasn't working for us. And, and, and I think that was frustrating for a lot of, uh, a lot of fans watching. I can only imagine what it was like there in the stadium. Um, but what, what, what in the second half kind of stood out to you as, as moments that kind of maybe could have changed the game for us?
2: Um, well, I think definitely the long chance where he went ran, I think he got around the keeper, but just was too heavy with the ball. And I think that was a big one. I think the, I mean, the foul for me, I I, do, I just don't understand how it was a foul to me because I thought the keeper could have easily grasped the ball, but he just didn't have control of it. And I thought that, and I well, I'm not sure, but a lot of people said it was in as well. So had the had it not been a foul, we probably would have been back in the game. But like I said. I, I just don't understand how that was a foul to me. It's funny, every time we go to Wembley, we always seem to be going, if this would have happened for us, do you know what I mean? It always seems to be near near misses when it comes to decisions anyway. And VAR was there this time, and they didn't even use it. So everyone was saying last year that we needed it for Gabardini's goal against Man United, yet yeah, we had it today, and we didn't even use it. So I don't know if VAR VAR's that handy after all, really.
0: Yeah, I... I mean, looking at the the Austin challenge, I don't even know if you can call it a challenge. He's putting himself in position to go up and challenge for the ball. The keeper's coming kind of over the back of him, but I don't, you know, maybe if Austin had had been had he jumped a little higher, maybe had he been kind of like in a, in a 50 50 with the goalkeeper, maybe he gets that, but I think maybe it's because he's seen as being slightly underneath the goalkeeper. Um, and, and not that I agree with this, this is just kind of me trying to justify the the decision that was made, uh, on the field. And, uh, because I tweeted, you know, please tell me what he's supposed to do there. What is Austin supposed to do, uh, to, 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 to not foul the keeper there? I don't, I don't, I don't see it, but, um, I think even with that, I'm not sure, I'm not sure we deserved it today. You know, I think based on the performance, I think Chelsea were deserved winners. But at the same time, I would have, you know, I would have not cared had had we managed to pull it out, even if we would have played, you know, not particularly uh, well.
2: I mean, it was always going to be a tall order against Chelsea because I knew what the importance of Chelsea was. Like, I so said, they need this really to salvage their season. Um, I, I said, it's just, it's, it is gutting really. Cause like I, said, I just thought it was a good chance to give the fans something to smile about really.
0: Yeah. Especially given, given what we've kind of gone through this season, it hasn't been great. And, uh, it would have been really, really nice to, to do that. It would have been really, really nice to, to come out and play, even if we lose, you know, if you lose three, two, because you're attacking and you, and, and you give up a goal, I think in a game like this, that we would have been happy with that. But, um, I don't think that was the game plan. I think the game plan was to try to get through to the final, um, you know, uh, maybe one nil or two or two, one or something like that. But it just, it just didn't happen for us. So, um, moving forward, obviously we only have four games now, uh, left in the premier league season. We don't have any other distractions, um, we have Bournemouth, we have Everton, we have Swansea midweek, and then we have Man City at the end of the season. Coming out of this match, the kind of the—is uh, this going to affect the way we we move forward?
2: Bournemouth next weekend is absolutely massive for me. That's—I know the word, we've used the word so many times, but it is a must-win for me because if we don't—if we fail to pick up three points, then the other three games are irrelevant for me. Because like I said it's the Bournemouth. Like I said, I'm looking at the table now. I mean, Swansea are currently losing to Man City, so that's a, that's good for us. at the moment but obviously we've it's all well and good old oh, results are going for us we need to do our own thing but yeah these next four games I mean oh, it's going to be tense but if if we keep up with the I mean the Leicester performance and this performance with us just not looking interested I don't think we're going to be able to fight to stay up really because I mean I'd like to think that we would give these last four games a real go. And I mean, even if we do go down, go down fighting. It's like, you just want to see a performance, a fight, it's not mean really a fight, even if we go down. But at the moment, it doesn't seem to be any fight from anybody. It all it seems to me is everyone's trying to look forward to their moves in the summer. Yeah. To me, that's how I look at players. I mean, some people might disagree with that, but that's how I look at the players. So yeah, these next four games, I mean, are massive. And if we do drop out of the Premier League, normally you'd say I'm gutted, but... I, in a in a way, if you look at the season, um, the board's persistence with Pellegrino, the not replacing Van Dijk. I mean the Van Dijk saga. I mean when you put it all together, it just shows in a way. I don't like to use the word, but it's a deserved relegation. You get what I mean. I mean the performances. I mean some of the games we've not. We fail to win. But if we can somehow get ourselves out of this situation, then, I mean, I said it'd be brilliant for us. But like I said, at the end of the day, I don't know if our players have the the bottle to get us out of this situation.
0: You know, I I, I think that's one of the things that I've noticed over over the season is that when it it comes down to crunch time, when it comes down to that moment in a match where you need to be mentally strong and you need to be uh, organized and you need somebody to take control, uh, we haven't had it. And now... The next four games are all of that. It's it's we need some we need someone in the squad to to kind of take control. We need everybody to focus. We need everybody to work hard, and and it's got to be for all four games. Otherwise, we're not getting out of it. And like you said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we have it. Uh, I I think uh, we were looking and hoping that maybe maybe eight points would get us out of out of this mess uh, when we had five games left, and now we only have four. And so or sorry, nine points out of out of fifteen. And now we need eight out of twelve, and that's a that's a tall order for a team that's that's only won once in its last twenty. So um, right. I I think we're it's an uphill battle, but you know you I, I think the only thing we can do is continue to get behind the team, um, you know, continue to to push for changes. You see people, um, and I think it's good. The same people often that are that are asking for change to be made still go to the go to the park and get behind the team uh, on the weekend. You know, they they're still we're all behind the team on match day, even though um we we want changes to be made and uh you hope that that we can both stay in the premier league and make the changes but uh it may come that that in order for those changes to be made that we have to go down to the championship and if that's the case um i think in the long term i think some people would take that um but right now it's just a kind of a bitter pill to swallow
2: yeah, because I've like said the thing is for me, I'll always be behind the team as much as it's been tough. I mean, like I said, we get relegated as obviously me and you and all the other Saints fans will still go even if we're in the championship next season or the Premier Leagues. But like I said, it's just, like said, I'm disappointed in so many ways of the season, like I said, about the board, the, like the Pellegrini, Well, like I said, I've said it all before, but like I said, it's just, I said, no matter what happens, fans will always stick behind the club. They're the bread and butter of the club. And that's why it's more harder for some fans to handle this because, I said, we just didn't see it coming. But it's just been poor decisions, the, the amount of players we've sold. And do you know what I mean? I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a massive debate in the future, really, isn't it, after the season's done with. But like you said, either way, changes are needed regardless of where we are, to be honest.
0: Right, right, absolutely. All right, Jamie um i think we're gonna move on and i think we're gonna we're gonna talk we got two more two more guests to get to and uh we'll uh we'll talk to you soon
2: yeah thank you very much for having me
0: all right man keep up the good work over at the the saints report i appreciate it
2: yeah thank you very much
0: we'd like to welcome back to the southampton delivery podcast gem you can find him on twitter at sfc underscore gem and he was at uh, Wembley yesterday to experience, uh, the final and, uh, obviously not a great result. Um, but here to talk about, uh, all of that and leading up to it. Uh, thanks for joining me, Jim. And I hope, uh, the replacement bus service home wasn't too, too bad. Yeah. That's all right.
4: Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I always, always enjoy talking to you. So, uh, I don't know, just, just, I, we were talking before we, we started recording, you were on your way up to Wembley. Um, half nine, I think he said, or half eight. Uh, And uh, what, you know, what were you on on that trip? What were you, uh, what were you expecting uh, going up there? How, how confident were you feeling before you, before you got there?
4: Um, I'm honest, I was not confident at all. I was sort of just going for the occasion. Um, Obviously we saw last week in the Premier League, how quickly Chelsea can turn a game around. Um, So obviously everyone was a bit wary of that. For us going forward, there wasn't much, obviously we haven't seen a lot of goals this season. Um, I was quietly confident that we might sort of, like, you know, nick an early goal, get a 1-0. Similar to what we did against Arsenal, but obviously we couldn't hold it on there. Um, But I I was quietly confident uh, in the end. Nothing to show for it.
0: Yeah, I I think by the end of the match, I think it it was clear that that Chelsea were better uh, on the day and and, and deserved the victory. Uh, But I've seen some people kind of say, you know, that that maybe Saints deserved a, a little bit more. Maybe we showed some fight. Um, you know, would you would you say that that was true for what you saw? Maybe in the second half.
4: Um, personally, I don't, I don't think the team can deserve more when the defensive errors were so bad. If you know what I mean? Um, yes, our grit and determination towards the end of the second half was good, but we can't be making errors like that. We made Giroud look like messy for that first goal, um, and that was mainly just due to falling asleep in the second half. Um, I think it was something like 40 seconds into the second half they scored and then we just sort of dropped our heads from there and sort of waited 15, 20 minutes to pick it back up again and by then it was too late.
0: Yeah, I see, I thought that, uh, you know, coming out of the second half, usually that's when the team has been best under Hughes. You know, they've come out and been kind of ready to go and like you said, it just seemed like we weren't quite out of the halftime team talk yet. We were still in the locker room and and, uh, guys diving in all over the place and like you said, Drew looked a bit like Messi. And then, but I thought that uh, in that spell between when we conceded the first one and then before we conceded the second, I thought that was our best spell of the game. Um, obviously, we created that chance really late on when it was two nil and we hit the post. But um, you know, I I don't know. Like as I was watching, I, I thought that we we attempted to get back into the game, maybe not immediately after conceding, but. But shortly after that, and then we just we just didn't have enough. We did it; just wasn't happening for us.
4: I, I agree with that, and I feel like uh, players that did come off the bench um, impressed me quite a lot. Nathan Redmond, especially, obviously, he's been one of the most criticised players in the squad this season, um, and he came on. Obviously, had a little moan at Bertrand, like he always does, but that's to be expected. Um, but I thought he really impressed me. Gabby Dini, obviously, he looks. I can't even find an adjective to describe what he's doing at the moment. I think he's gone in the summer, to be honest with you. Um, just, oh, it's just disappointing, really, because it's been an up and down season. Obviously, there haven't been many highs, but oh, I don't know, just don't know what to say really.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult when you, uh, you kind of mentioned in your vlog this was the last chance maybe for Saints to get something out of. Uh out of the season and it uh, you know, and then they, they didn't show up enough, yeah. you know, they weren't, they weren't quite present enough. And I think that's been a complaint from a lot of fans for the most of the season is that they're not present enough. They're not willing to, or able to get up for, for, for the occasion, um, yeah. whether it's games that we think they should win or, uh, occasions like yesterday where maybe they're 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 the underdog and we've been better in that situation all season but they just they didn't do it yesterday on, on the big stage. Mm.
4: I feel like yesterday as well was one of the first games of the season against sort of the big big teams that we haven't Showing a bit of fight from the get go. Right. Um, even United away when we pulled off a 0 0 we looked immense at times there. And yesterday we just looked a shadow of the previous games. Um, City away probably should have got a result there. Arsenal away the other week and Chelsea at home. Um, but you don't you don't get any sort of bonus points in the league for performance and results and goals or what matter. Um, we haven't had enough of those.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think early in the season, I was a big proponent of, you know, oh, that was a good performance. You know, that's something to build on and we haven't built on it. You know, and this is, this is one more instance where maybe we are coming off two decent performances and we just, we, we can't, I don't know, we can't build on it. We can't move forward. We can't kind of improve each week and it's, it's becoming frustrating. Um, But I'd like to talk to you a bit about, about just the the day at Wembley uh, uh, because, you know, uh, there were, uh, you know, several thousand Saints fans there. Uh, a few empty seats but uh, I think that's been analyzed enough and I think mainstream yeah. media is going to say oh you know they should have shown up and all this stuff but if you look at ticket prices you look at um you know you had the I think you had the the marathon half marathon and 10k in Southampton so yeah. it meant the uh, buses and things were leaving early uh you had the London marathon it was just kind of a mess of a day to to have to travel up there yeah uh, yeah um but but for you uh, arriving at at the stadium and and kind of being in in that number what what was that like
4: um it was a weird feeling to be honest with you. Um, getting the train up on my own from sort of Brighton area. There were a few Saints fans on the trains. You got into like sort of central London Waterloo area and there were a few more. Um obviously Chelsea fans didn't have to leave their houses too because 'cause they're just popping over over there. Um but there was a sort of weird atmosphere. It was completely different to the cup final. Um and I think that's down to how the season's gone so far. You said empty seats. I think the majority of us there were there for the day. Um say that we've been, obviously we want to support the lads for 90 minutes, but the majority of us, me included, have sort of had enough. Um, Obviously, they've reduced the ticket prices for Everton and Swansea away, um, which I was considering going to, but I just don't really want to put any more money into the club when they're just going to run us down into the championship, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, What was the atmosphere like inside the stadium?
4: Inside the stadium was a weird one. From from kickoff um, and leading up to it when the teams were announced, we were fully up for it and Chelsea looked like they didn't even have any fans there um, the game started obviously giving the ball away um, second balls and just not putting in the fight. You had the same old moaning and the groans, passing backwards, um, and at times it felt like we were at St Mary's. Honestly, it really did. Ah, oh, man,
0: because I mean that that's an occasion where you you want something different, but we've we've kind of mentioned that the team didn't really do that. The team the team gave you kind yeah. of the same performance that they've given at St Mary's uh, over recent uh, oh, oh, throughout the season, really, and uh, you know you. I, I think the uh, yeah, when I arrived at West Ham, that that anticipation was all there. And then and then once the game starts, once the game, once the team makes a few yeah. mistakes, it, it, it turns. And there I don't think there's anything you can do because the uh, kind of the excitement and the anticipation can only take you so far before, you know, uh, kind of just your natural reaction is going to take over. So. Uh, I feel
4: like I feel like you picked a really good game to go to because it pretty much sums up our whole season. No, <laughs> the expectation of what we're really like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was hoping I I would get the you know the one off you know absolutely dominant performance, but I guess it's I guess I'm not the good luck charm, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Wembley, it seems like a a bit of a word when you mentioned it was different than, than the cup final. Um, you know, do you, what do you see for the rest of the season for us? you think you mentioned in your vlog, you you kind of thought we were, we were done, we were going down and and I think I'm there with you just because I haven't seen the the consistent kind of results. But, uh, can we, is there anything the team can take from this and and attempt to build on it?
4: Uh, obviously there are things that we can build on but how many times have we said that this season I think think we're done to be honest It's Bournemouth Everton Swansea um, and Manchester City we saw yesterday um, Man City aren't on the beach they completely demolished Swansea I can see that happening to us on the final day Um, Bournemouth have still got a couple of hard games as have Swansea Everton are on the beach but we seem to have a poor record at Goodison Park since we've come back up Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think we've just got to enjoy Premier League football while it lasts to be honest
0: uh you uh it, it. If the team goes down, is there a particular championship away day you're looking forward to?
4: Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's more cheap ones in London, you know. Um, obviously Fulham are going up probably, but you've got the likes of Reading, Brentford. Obviously, it'll be disappointed for me because Brighton's only 15 minutes on the train and Bournemouth the other way. So, but I think we've just got. To, I said in my vlog, um, we've just got to prepare for the championship now. Um, obviously that is the defeated attitude, but it's a big ask to win three of the last four. Mm-hmm. If if we had, you know, a few more games say if we had six or seven more games I feel like we could do something but with four games to go including City at home I I think it's done
0: yeah yeah no you're asking for eight or nine points from the next four uh, then that uh, for the next 12 points and that I think that's too much for us Uh, we haven't shown that so uh, I'm kind of there with you, even though I hate to say it out loud. But it, I think it, at this point, it's time to be uh, realistic. Uh, so we, we've mentioned your vlog several times. Where where can people get in touch with that, and how can they get there, and, and what what they what can they expect if they if they visit the YouTube channel? What can
4: you expect from my channel at the moment is an inconsistency of like uploads. I want to get back sort of into um, match day vlogs. So that's how my channel really started. Um, it's simply just SFC space gem. And um, there's links on my Twitter and stuff. So you head over there, subscribe, like, um, it's all appreciated. And hopefully we'll get some championship match day vlogs next season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I'll put the link to your Twitter account and your, your, uh, YouTube channel in the show notes. So people can click on it there. Um, and hopefully they head over. So, um, Jim, thank you so much. I hope you have a, a good rest of your Monday and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
4: Thank you very much. See ya.
0: We'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Ben Chiswick. He's on Instagram at Ben Chiswick. And we spoke with him at the very beginning of the show, uh, just before kind of previewing his trip over to, uh, the UK to go to Wembley, uh, to be there for the semifinal, um, and now he's made it home uh so kind of didn't talk to you while you were in the u k but I've talked to you you know on either side. And now you're back. And first of all, thank you for joining the show again. I know you must be uh, at least a little bit tired, um, but but welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, thanks, very much, to, uh, thanks for much, It's Good to have
0: me. I oh, know. My, my pleasure. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit before, and I'd like to talk to you now just a little bit about uh, a, a few things leading up to, to the game and to kind of get a, a sense of what was happening as you were kind of getting ready to, to go to the semifinal. And I know you have, um, I can't remember if we talked on the record or, or before, uh, before we started recording about the kind of the kind of the, kind of the uh you know, the traditions you have with with friends and stuff when you are were living in Southampton or living in the UK uh, pre-game, but why don't you walk us through just kind of uh, your morning and your your day leading up to the three o'clock kickoff of the semifinal?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, like we just touched on, um, we have a little bit of a tradition. I've got a really close friend who's Belgian. He moved over to the UK from Belgium um, probably about twenty years ago, and uh, he's kind of a my friendship group's gateway to some really high quality Belgian beer. And um, we found uh, a, a place that, that sold all that kind of beer um, downtown in Southampton called Belgium and Blues, and uh, so that formed the real basis of our pre-match um kind of uh, ritual really on for every Saints home game uh, the past couple of seasons so then we we transferred that over and we went to the um the league cup final last year we managed to find a place uh, just near Covent Garden so kind of right in the middle of London and we kind of recreated that a little bit um so we did that for the league cup final that was a really good time and then we did that again uh yesterday for the final as well so there was a group of about 8 or 10 of us um most of the guys are from Southampton or Romsey area so we we met up with them and um, their sons, girlfriends, and others. So it was a, a good-sized group, and um, yeah, we got pretty well prepared pre-match. With- <laughs> quite a number of drinks, which which was good at the time. Um, Immediately after, it counted strongly against me. Um, My tickets had been, well, they they were hand-delivered to me by a friend because they got sent to my uh, correspondence just in the UK. And in the process of getting sat down, getting everyone situated, drinks ordered, we ended up moving tables and my tickets had stayed on table number one.
0: Oh, no. Um,
1: which we forgot until we were pretty much all the way to the underground station. So cue me running back. Full of beer, full of food, uh, not running very fast. <laughs> uh, we were on the phone to, uh, the restaurant, to the cafe, and luckily one of the waitresses was running after us. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so we, we kind of met a little bit down the street from the restaurant. They managed to, uh, managed to get the tickets without a problem in the end. So, drama over. But then we, we were in a bit of a rush to, uh, to make our way across London. So, because of that, I didn't see the starting lineup before I arrived at Wembley. Okay. Although, that, <laughs> I kind of made a habit, particularly this season, of trying not to think about games too much before the lead up to them because it just gets my expectations up. Okay. So, So, uh, so yeah, it was a little bit bit of a fraught pre-match routine, but also um, well worth it for, for me, up with a lot of old friends and um, get some good beers as well.
0: Absolutely. Um, were there other Saint fans in in that in that brewery or in that bar, or was it too far away from kind of the the, the beaten path or too far off the beaten path to, to have other other fans there?
1: No, but there weren't any inside, but we saw a few passing. And I ventured outside our hotel, which was on the Strand, um, early morning, um, just to go and get. The coffee to get the kick-started properly and even in the probably 100-yard walk to the coffee store there was two or three Saints fans um, or two or three groups I should say passing by all of various different um, with, with different kits on different jerseys on dates and back okay. probably 15 years or so so that was, that was quite a good variety so there was a reasonable number of Saints fans around say.
0: alright alright that's that's awesome um, and it does the, the the semifinals and the cup finals and stuff they do tend to bring out the, uh, the more eclectic kind of uh, jerseys and kits versus uh, you know when everybody's from a lot of the pictures you see, you see mostly kind of last three or four years worth of kits if if you're looking around St. Mary's or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems like people ha- when when it's when the big games come, they uh, they definitely bring out the, uh, the 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 yellow and the the blue and all that stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, as you are approaching Wembley, um, when you said you didn't you didn't get any team news, kind of until you got in, you were already at your seat by the time you saw who was starting and all that.
1: That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And
0: and what did you what did you make uh, of of the whole thing? Uh, not so much the lineup. Maybe we'll we'll get into that second. But like as you walk in, like what was the atmosphere like um, as, as kickoff approached?
1: It was good. It was good. I think the thing that really put everyone probably on the on the front foot and in a the good mood is that rare for this time of year. London was particularly warm this weekend. Um, and you know when we arrived at Wembley, it was, it was pretty well bathed in sunshine, so it kind of automatically put you in a in a good mood. And the atmosphere was reasonably loud, and um, generally everyone was was feeling pretty hopeful. Uh, I would say.
0: In, in terms of the team sheet, what did you were you were there any concerns there uh, in terms of the selection that that Mark Hughes uh, play, made, or, or would that be along the lines of what you would have expected?
1: Uh, no a little bit of both I'd say I think it's clear now with the players that we've got or at least players that he believes are up for the fight as he said a few times that a back five is is what he's going to stick with I think he only has a, he only really has a headache when Stevens comes back into the picture about who he drops mm-hmm. um, I, I think we can come on to what happened in the game but for me he has to drop who um, but then my only real concern with the starting lineup, I thought was slightly strange is the fact that he dropped Tadic to bring Lamina. Um, and so really between the three midfielders that we've had, we almost had three really just kind of out-and-out holding midfielders. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, Heiberg's it can be more than that at times when the when the when the match suits and Lamina, I mean talent wise, you know, he is more than that. He has to be more than that, especially for the money that he costs. Mm-hmm. But I, I I've personally grab Lamina in that group of players that he's kind of refers to as either not having enough fight or not enough comp- you know, confidence is so rock bottom that their fight is gone. And I think with the way the match transpired, particularly in the second half, um, in the meaning of body language some of it was, was, was awful absolutely yeah. awful and you know, I, I think maybe in hindsight I can probably see what Hughes is trying to do and that we've shipped a lot of goals each game so you know even if, although we started to score some, even if we just end up at a rate of scoring one again, we keep conceding as we are, we're never gonna, we're never gonna win games. So, I can kind of see where he was coming from in terms of perhaps trying to make the team more solid, but at the same time he, he ends up dropping the midfielder, the one guy who, uh, he can drift in and out of the game in, in Tadic, but at the same time he can also create something with just one touch. And I think we really lacked that in the first half, as it, as it transpires.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, looking at that, I think the only thing, the only question I had was, you know, not that that Romeu and Hoiberg and Lemina aren't good players, because I think they're all, they're all very, very good at what they do, but I'm not sure anybody, like you said, is that creative force, you know, and, Buffal when he's in there, can, can make things happen when it's just him. He can create some space for himself, uh, but Tadic seems to be able to create things for others that uh, I don't see Hoiberg or, or Lamina doing, and definitely not Romeo, uh, You know, Belong's kind of glued a few yards in front of that back four to shield things and break play up, and I think that's what he does uh, the best. Um, yes. uh, but, I mean, the first half was kind of, uh, you know, for the most part, I, w- I would say forgettable. There wasn't a whole lot that happened. Uh, we didn't have a ton of the ball. Uh, Chelsea kind of came at us pretty hard early on, but um, anything kind of stand out to you in that first half or or is the real big talking point kind of uh, the disappointment of, of the way the second half started.
1: No, to be honest, I think the, the the first half was really the notable thing about it. Was like you said that there wasn't much that was notable. It it kind of just looked like what it was, which was you know a top six team, albeit they've been out of form, but a top top six team against the bottom three team. Um, where we allowed we, we allowed them to have too much of the ball, but at the same time they're good enough in position to keep hold of it. We we allowed them to play it around in front of us, and that's pretty alarming. Yet yeah. at the same time, you'd probably have to say we were a solid defensively, us as we've been. For a little while, I would have said. Um you know, at least when, when Chelsea were playing it around in front of us, they weren't causing us too many problems. but when they were, when they were moving the ball forward from their own half, be that as part of a fast break or just starting off positions from their own half, and they played through us with alarming ease. Mm-hmm. Even though we had those, those kind of three holding midfielders, right, right. they were really they were really playing in a really solid line and then the back, of back five really, we were also in a solid line and there was a lot of space in between that um, the likes of Hazard and William could move seemingly at will within, and as soon as they start moving across the pitch in that space, it started pulling people out of position. Um, that being said, it got to the end of the first half, and we were very weak and fast and sparkling at the same time. The fact that we hadn't conceded, I at least felt there was kind of a basis, a bit of a foundation for us to build on in the second half.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in in. I I guess I I would have thought the same thing. I thought that going into halftime, that was what we needed to do was to get in there and and be even, you know, or be close, be in it still. And we were. Uh, granted, that I think Chelsea were a, a better side in the first half, but um, usually, or, or it seems over over Mark Hughes's kind of short tenure, that the, the halftime team talk is seemed to be his specialty. He seems to have done a great job. Um, most weeks uh, bringing us out for the second half and being kind of on the front foot and being well-prepared. And, and even if it kind of falls apart later on, like we saw uh, last week against Chelsea um, this week from basically from the second half kickoff, uh, the whole kind of game plan just was shot when uh, obviously uh, the ball is played forward to to Hazard and he played it over to, to who who basically ice skated his way through or solemn, his way through all of our defenders uh, and some of our midfield and, and managed to put it in. But um, what did that do to, to the Saints fans, to the crowd in the stadium when he did manage to put that ball in?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the start of the second half was I mean, the first minute or so prior to Zuri getting the ball in the net. It, it was really, really quiet. There was a lot of empty seats, a lot of people at half time still you know, having a drink or whatever. So it was really just people getting back to their seats, getting settled um, you know, before they started to get back into the game. So it was quiet when he scored, and then it, you know, it really remains quiet as, long as people return to their seats and obviously saw that they they missed the goal and we, all, we were 1-0 down. So it, I'd say any kind of foundation and, and an amount of confidence that fans and the players had dropped in the first half and going in 0-0 you know, and going in level really kind of had evaporated at that point. Um, so, yeah, it, it was very quiet, at least at one end of, of Wembley for, for a little while.
0: Yeah. Um, and I guess the other big talking point is uh, our chance or our goal, that obviously Austin was called for a foul, Um, as the ball kind of went up in the air and, and I I try really hard to be, and this is going to sound weird to to people who are listening now because I've spoken to other people before and I had a a one view of it. And I think as time has gone on, I'm, you know, I'm starting to, I've seen a couple more replays and I've, I've heard some other people talk about it. And I think I'm always much more critical of, of my own team than I am of the, uh, the opposition team. And I think I do that. Um, I know my kids will feel that way. I know, you know, all, all my students will feel that way. I'm much more critical of of my students and all this stuff. But I think part of it is I just want us to be better. But um, you know, when I look at that, I I think it's going to be called a foul on Austin almost always if a goalkeeper goes down like that. Um, yeah. but I've I've heard other people who, you know, would traditionally maybe not stand up for for the little team or for uh for Saints and and they're pointing out that this is the second time that we've been um, kind of done over uh, by by a, a dodgy call in a, in a big match at Wembley and that, you know, what is Austin kind of, what is Austin supposed to do in that situation? Um, but, but what was the fans reaction? What was your reaction when, um, you know, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think any kind of alarm or anything went off in the stadium that it was a goal, but uh, when a ball was that close and the, the foul was given, like how did you feel, and, and what were the people around you saying, and at what point did you realize that actually the ball did cross the line?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, the, the instantaneous thing was real disbelief because at that, at that point in the game, if I, if I remember right, we, we were carrying a little bit of momentum and we started to show some fight. Which you know, at least that, that's the thing that after the first goal, I thought, well, the worst thing now is that we implode we like we have done however many times this season, and that's just embarrassing and awful to see as a fan. But you know, we were carrying. Some momentum and we really started to just get a foothold back into the game. So at the point at which that goal or or not goal happened, you know, all of a sudden everyone's on the up and really feeling hang on, you know, if we can get if we can get one back for it, all of a sudden, you know, Chelsea aren't out of sight. They're, they're only one nil up, although you know, it felt like a little bit more after taking kind of a pummeling in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um so there was, there was a lot of optimism. I mean it was real just disbelief again, similar to similar to last year that um you know it, well, yeah, we haven't been awarded that goal, but I'll kind of go back to your point that at the same time, it seems like the, you know, the standard position in a situation like that is to, is to give the keeper the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I guess, yeah, despite the occasion and the associated extra disappointment at the same time, I'm sure there's, there's been times this season when we probably had the benefit of that doubt where if, you know, a foul hadn't been called on our keeper, then someone on the opposition team would have been there to, to put it in the back of the net from, from close range. So yeah, just the league but at the same time um, because I don't feel so hard done by or not at least like I did last year you know last year it was clear we were we were the better team and we were on top and we should have won that game. Right. And we had it we were kind of robbed in a sense, if you can if you ever really say that. But yeah, it was just disbelief and I, I guess kind of at the same time everyone around me had a bit of a well, well here we go again. This is just another another point this season of and then so close to, to going our way and hasn't and that's uh, it does feel as though that's just the way the season's going.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, like you said, last year against United, that was a game where I think, you know, I don't blame referees very often. I try not to, but that was a game last year where we were, we it, it, that was taken from us. You know, um, this year, I think if if somehow we managed to get a second goal in there, maybe that goal, maybe the that Austin goal changes the game, gives us some momentum, we managed to, to go up 2-1 and hold on, um, I think Chelsea would feel extremely hard done by uh, if that were the case, simply because yeah. I think they were, um, you know, uh, I would say for almost the entire 90 minutes, the, the, the better team and, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, it's just the way it goes. They, they, that's a top six club. They, you know, great, despite league form and everything else and what's going on behind the scenes, um, uh, they have some extremely good, uh, footballers on their team and they, they showed, they showed it. Um, and, and we should talk just very briefly. I won't keep it too much longer about, uh, that, that second goal that they conceded. Cause once again, it's a, uh, it's a, a it's a fresh center forward, uh, coming on to face our, our, defense. Uh, he finds his way to the back post between, uh, who, who was on, uh, that side for some reason where Bednarak was most of the, the, the game. I don't, uh, haven't be honest. I haven't watched it back enough times to tell you exactly how he got there. Um, mostly mm-hmm. because I'm just appalled at the way he doesn't jump, uh, when Murata goes up for that, but. Um, at that point, was it, was it clear that, that it was over?
1: Yeah, yeah. As soon as that, that went in, it was, it was very clear that there was no way back into the game for us. Um, prior to that second goal, like I said, we, we were carrying a little bit more threat, a little bit of momentum. Um, and, and I think at that point, Keys hadn't changed things around too much. And it, it at least, it, it at least felt things were starting to click and it was just another one of those, well, yeah, we do have, yeah, we do have some good players and when things do click for us and we do get some confidence, we can, we can play some good football. But yeah, as soon as that second goal went in, then it was clear any amount of fight that we've had in us in spirit to come from one goal down. At that point, it was, it was all but evaporated. Um, and I, yeah, you know, I, I, was, I would agree with you. The fact that he doesn't jump, but I, I would extend that really out far out. Like this game, that so, so many times this season when we've conceded, Wesley Hoot is, is the guy, and I, don't, I, don't, I never really like picking out players and them out. Sure. A lot of a lot of people say, Oh well, you know, he's the problem you know, he, he's the problem, pin everything on him and that's why we're at the bottom of the table. It's not, but at the same time, I can't get away from the fact that every time we can see the goal like that, it is he. And as good as he looks on the ball and as as much as he can do in possession, um, in a you know, a little bit like Van Dijk, a little bit like Anders a few seasons ago, at the same time. If you cannot go up and contest a ball like that, which don't I mean, it was a good quality ball into the boxer at the same time. It wasn't like the players hit it first time, they're on the break, people are out of position, it's got a lot of pace on it, you know. You can see it coming. Right. And if you can't do that job in a really solid fashion, then it's no wonder that we keep two goals. Um and at the same time he's also the first one to turn around and blame the players around him and there's a the fan and you know, he's paying money to go and see the team. That that really does get me. Really, really does upset me. Um, and I mean I can't remember how much he paid for him, but it was I think it was fifteen plus, mm-hmm. probably closer to twenty million. And I don't see him um the bill. Certainly, in, if we go down, I don't think you does. Know, I think he's really got to step up. I, I, I dare say, in the past we've been lucky when we bring in central defenders, where you know that partnership is one of the most, one of the most important partnerships on the pitch. We've been lucky that whoever we've had coming in has been netly a very experienced player, be it Rashida or or Van Dyke. You know, mm-hmm. When we had Stevens come into the coming to the team last year. It's a little bit shaky at times, but when he was next to Yeshiva, who can't really hope for a player's more experience, in time we did look a bit more solid and I'm sure we'd probably have a slightly different opinion with who if he was playing next to Pont or Van Dyke mm-hmm. rather than having played next to Jack Stevens for the whole season. Um so yeah, I, I don't like to focus on him quickly or, or season him out but at the same time, it's just it's a trend that, that you, you can't really ignore, unfortunately. And teams I think opposition teams can see it. And I i think we don't we don't uh force teams to play particularly well to beat us. Chelsea are a great team, but they didn't have to work very hard to beat us yesterday. Right. And I don't think many many teams when they beat us do have to work very hard to be honest.
0: Yeah, and yeah, I I agree with that. And you know, you can teach defenders to uh, you know, better position themselves. You can study film for that, but it's it's a little bit different when you're just trying to teach a guy to jump, you know, <laughs> uh, you can tell him attack the ball over and over and over again, but uh, it's that that's a mentality thing that maybe is just isn't there. And I mean, he he didn't even look like he was in the proper position to, to even go up to contest that. And um, you know, it, it kind of once that went in, I think that was like you said, any, any, any remnants of hope that we had was, was fully extinguished. And, and it was just about, I guess, you know, for me, it was kind of about just, just seeing out the rest of the game and hoping maybe something happened. And and, and, and it really didn't, but, um,
1: yeah, I, I'd, I'd say after, after that second goal, the only, any good things that happened for Saints really was, was Swansea getting beaten 5-0. Yeah. Uh, and damaging their goal difference. Probably the only other thing of, of any note was the fact that it, it looked like from where I was sitting, he switched it up to a 4-4-2. Yes. In the last 10 minutes or so. And, um, whether it was Chelsea just, you know, deciding that they didn't have the push chance chase the game, which they didn't for us in becoming more effective. We did look, um, we did look a little bit better with two up front, but then Redmond and Tadic on the wing. Mm-hmm. So that, that is perhaps something to use to take note of, but at the same time, he's only got four games left to so it's not you know, how much he actually manages to use that I don't know um, So we'll,
0: we'll yeah and I've been uh, kind of looking forward I, I've been kind of thinking it's going to take somewhere in the neighborhood of 36-37 points for us to, to stay up um, yeah. but but there is the chance though that, that you know uh, Swansea obviously uh, getting beaten by 5-0 by, by City uh, maybe they you know fail to pick up a, f- a few more points and it could be that that match against us uh you know last week of the season, not the last game week, but the last week of the season uh proves you know pivotal when we play them and I think they have to play Stoke on the last day of the season and it could be they could be in a situation where the one of them wins yeah. and one of them stays up and the the loser goes down or perhaps they both go down. I think it all just kind of depends, but um you know we're going into a match with Bournemouth this weekend. Where do you see the team going? do you? Do you feel confident that they can possibly stay up or do you think that that this is this is the last we're going to see of Southampton in the Premier League for at least a season?
1: I, uh, okay. I, I always think of it and a friend of mine puts it very well when he said, to avoid relegation you have to be better than just three teams in the league and I think that's actually quite a neat way of putting it and you know I, I always come back to the do we have a, a good enough squad and a good enough team to get? of course we do we, we're better than a lot more than three teams in the league in terms of how we're playing at the minute yeah we, we, can, we can beat West Brom think we're better than them maybe so um, I, I really do see it just as a two horse race now between us and Swann to stay up. I think it, it could get interesting towards the last game because Huddersfield sort of got a really difficult run, and I mean they could somehow see themselves dragged backwards into it through kind of no no fault of their own really. But I do see it as a two horse race, two and I think this weekend, I mean. I, I've got no idea how many times I've said, oh, this, this game's a must win this weekend. Mm-hmm. I've said that a lot of times lately, but I, I think it, really if we, if we don't beat Bournemouth this weekend, then frankly, all of my hope is gone without the window. to me it's a, we have to beat Bournemouth, but then in striking distance of Swansea and we have to go and beat them. And really from then on, it's just a case of can we match their result and, and stay just ahead of them? Right. Or, um, yeah, or, or is there going to be another team that gets dragged? backwards into it, that's the way I see it. and I'm, I'm trying to remove some hope and some emotion from it and look at it mathematically and we've, you know, we, we've survived uh, slightly worse positions as have other teams in the past so you know when I when I look at it in those terms I always think yeah it absolutely is doable and so I don't want to start comprehending life in the championship and how on earth I'm going to watch the games next year
0: yeah um, yeah I'm with you <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah.
1: but at the same time you know if I, if I then look at it with a slightly more pragmatic head on and I think well I are we good enough to put some sort of run together over four games where where we at least play well and string together consistency of performance, if not picking up points? And I think, yeah, we can do it. But then I, I temper that straight away with, when have we done that at any point in this season? Right. Put four games together back-to-back, more or less. Yeah. We just never have. So, um, yeah, I at the minute, I, I do retain some hope, which... It will be bolstered by a win, a solid win this weekend, and yet would we'll be completely completely wiped out if we lose. So it's a knife edge as it has been for a while now.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know it's got to be completely clear now to the uh, to the players as well that this is the you know time is running out to just focus on the next the game after. We'll we'll do it next time. You know now they have to do it otherwise I think it is over. And I'm in a much you know despite losing at the weekend I'm I'm in a much better place than I was last weekend in terms of what what how I feel about our relegation. Um, survival hopes. I I said for the first time uh, last week, I think, on the podcast that I thought we were down. Um, just based on, I didn't think we were going to be able to pick ourselves up after the the manner of the defeat to Chelsea. So I hope that I'm wrong. Um, hopefully, me and you can enjoy um, some nice, easy watching of the Premier League instead of uh, crawling around on the internet to find some internet stream. So. <laughs> Um, but but Ben, thank you so much for talking with me. Um, I know that uh, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate being able to talk to you on the other side of the trip, and I hope that I'm glad you're home safely. And uh, I hope that you and your fiance rest up and are ready for work tomorrow.
1: That's great, no, Thank you very much, Matt. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll enjoy some sleep tonight. and Get back into the routine.
0: All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for that Matt. Bye.
0: that does it for episode 68 of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. You know, sometimes I sit here and wonder how many of you guys actually listen to the credits. I hope it's a lot of you, but I don't know. Anyway, special thanks to The Saints Report, who partners with this podcast each and every week. Make sure you visit The Saints Report for all your Southampton FC news and needs. They're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. Also, shout out to the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, did the logo for this show. He's been a guest on the show. He's been a huge help. So please make sure and check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. All the music for this show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Aim Is True by Potting Tim Bear. The links to all the social media channels for all of the guests this week are in the show notes. Be sure to check them out. If you're interested in getting in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter or Instagram at SFC D-E-L-L underscore I-V-E-R-Y or facebook.com forward slash SFC Delivery. Uh, be sure to drop us a line, let us know how we're doing uh, and share the show. Uh, that helps a lot as well. If you're a first time listener, be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, Acas, Google Play, TuneIn Radio or wherever else you get your podcast to be sure you do not miss an episode. And if you've been listening for a while, please consider leaving an iTunes review or a review wherever you listen. That also helps spread the show. We'll be back next week after Bournemouth, uh, hopefully talking about three points in a sustained fight against relegation. Uh, Because there's an alternative there, but I don't really want to talk about it just yet. All right. Um, I think that is it for this week thank you so much for listening. As always, let us know how we're doing. It really helps. We always look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much. And until next time, remember that together, we march on.